0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Stationary Freaks with myself, Rob Lambert, and, of course...
1: Uh, me, Helen Ozoski.
0: And, Helen, today we're going to be talking about um, what's happened to us. Um, I
1: know. <laughs> we,
0: we're still Stationary Freaks. I should caveat that. But today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about blending digital and analog together and how we use various different devices and tools and, you know, digital kind of things as well as using some of the analogue stuff. But we're going to talk about The Remarkable 2. We're going to talk about moleskin balance. And we're going to talk about sticker journaling. And we're going to talk about how we are productive using digital tools. So before we jump into that, though, Helen, before we, I guess, dissect what have we become, are we still stationary freaks? What's happening in your stationary world?
1: I managed not to buy any more ink pens. So I feel that that's a massive win. Um, I've only bought one new notebook, um, which again, massive win. I have found a place that makes notebooks, um, which just looks lovely. Uh, Usable, not beautiful works of art, but actual workhorse workbooks. But with a little bit of a spin. So that's another thing. I have got one other story, which I came across so a friend of mine who is a stationary freak surprising I know Rob that I have friends who are stationary freaks as well I know but I do and he was telling me very excitedly about how he went to Woolsthorpe Manor apparently this is a place in the UK where Isaac Newton lived and it's the place where the very famous incident of the apple falling on his head helped him understand how gravity worked nice I know, right? It's a really nice, beautiful house and gardens that are open to the public. And he'd been there for a day trip. And he said that in their little, they have a little shop there, lots of um, places in the UK, uh, we have a scheme called the National Trust and they they look after preserve and maintain and keep open these beautiful properties uh, so that they are available for everybody to go and have a look at and see. and they have a little shop there, which helps them raise money. And he said, in the shop was a pen, ink pen, fountain pen, that had been made out of apple wood from the apple tree that still stands in the grounds um, that reputedly dumped that apple on Newton's head. And he so desperately wanted to buy it; his wife had to physically drag him out of there.
0: <laughs> oh, wow! That's a that's a remarkable story, and I think. In a sense, it's that kind of uh, sustainable use of, I'm assuming it was a bit of the dead tree and not Probably. just, you know, somebody chopping off a branch and uh, randomly making some pens. But that sort of reclaiming and reusing nature to provide a next set of life for it is, um, I find that fascinating.
1: Isn't it wonderful? I just think yeah. it's lovely. And the history, that kind of connection, um, I just find it amazing. I, I, I would have been with him. Absolutely, uh, egging him on to buy it, or if not, fighting him for it, possibly. Who knows? Yeah,
0: depends on what it was. I imagine that was quite expensive.
1: I think it was in the region of about £400, pounds, if I remember correctly.
0: Yeah, so yeah, it uh... was
1: not a cheap <laughs> not a cheap thing. But uh, nor should it be, to be honest, because I should think there's a, the amount of apple wood available to do such things is somewhat limited.
0: And certainly apple wood from the very tree um, that dumped the apple on Isaac Newton's head very limited oh wow that's incredible I like that I'm doing a workshop in a few weeks in a different country I'm going to Romania which is cool I like going to Romania it's a nice place and I'm doing a workshop where it's an immersive workshop so we're going to actually make things oh and I've bought hundreds and hundreds of stickers because oh, yeah yeah Because uh, people are going to be essentially making... I'm doing a workshop about the 10 different behaviors of effective employees. And what we're going to be doing is making essentially posters that represent what people think about those behaviors. So it's an immersive workshop where it's it's not just me saying, here are the 10. I think they're awesome. This is what you do. Because, yeah, that'd be a talk, which I do. And instead, what we're going to do is co-create and build a series of posters. Once we finish those posters, and it's not just stickers, they can glue bits of paper, magazines. We're going to take all sorts of stuff with us that they can build basically visuals that represent how the teams feel about these different behaviors. And once we've finished it, stick it all up on the wall, of course, like we do at workshops. But I'm going to take photos of them all and put them into a magazine for them afterwards so they can print it out if they wish. I'm not going to print it for them. That'd get expensive. (laughs) And um, it's just a sort of, uh, I guess, a memory of it, but also something they can keep flicking through and having a look at what it was that they... I guess, thought about those behaviours. Loads of stickers, Stickers. loads of them. Different logos, words, numbers, cartoon characters. I've bought thousands.
1: Life doesn't have enough stickers in, Rob, as you well know.
0: Yeah, I guess the challenge I'm going to face with that workshop is it's online as well, so there's going to be an online audience. So that should be interesting for an immersive workshop. But hey-ho, I'll let you know how it goes in future episodes.
1: Yeah, remote stickers are not so much fun, are they? I mean, are you sending them a little pack?
0: No, I think what I'm going to do is just probably have some sort of digital tool, like a mural board or something.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, that would work.
0: Yeah, and then they could put their own stickers.
1: um, Not as much fun, but it certainly helps. I mean, you know.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, so, Helen, what's become of us?
1: Yes, what has become of us? Well, how about I report back, starting, on – I did a couple of experiments I mentioned. Um, So I was going to experiment with uh, three things – (laughs) <laughs> two of which i'm going to report on so i will talk to you about uh, my sticker journaling insights but i will also talk to you about the moleskin balance and this i think is really quite interesting and this is really what we're talking about in this uh, podcast this week isn't it moleskin balance is a, an, an application um it's on your phone it's on my my um computer screen and it allows me to put into not a calendar, but into a diary kind of form, but not not muddled up with my day-to-day calendar, completely separate, so a new calendar. It allows me to put in things that I want to remember to do. So like habit tracking, I guess, and it produces some stats and bits and pieces for you. And you can choose how often you want to do things, how many times you want to have done something in a period, like a week or a month. Um, and just add one-off task so I can remember to take my vitamins and I can remember to water the garden and I can remember to uh, Do some exercise or don't forget you want to write today, Helen. So I thought this looked like a really good idea Um I put a load of things in and Oddly enough, I use it. I don't use it Completely, but I have been using I find it quite a calming interface and it's quite nice ticking things off. <laughs> Um, and it does it's not too busy so that calmness they've got a really quite simple interface it doesn't do a thousand things and if you want to look at the stats you have to kind of dive into uh, the habit for want of a better word that you've created but it's quite a nice thing so anybody who does habit tracking in bullet journals or any other way it's worth a go they do free trials and even to to buy it. I think it's not massively expensive. I'm trying to remember. I can't remember off the top of my head how much it was. Um, I liked it enough to pay for it. So that's always a good sign for me. Um, It makes me better. It's not quite the panacea for all my procrastination, but it it helps.
0: Sounds good. I think what's going on in my mind is it it sounds like a combination between a to-do list and a habit tracker.
1: Yes, it could be. Because, but i haven't i haven't choked it up with my to-do list my to-do list is you know on well if i look at my current one for this week the stuff that is to do this week is there must be 30 items on it um and some most of those won't get done this week they just roll over um and it's a constantly moving feast and i prioritize it and reprioritize it i just want to not forget stuff and i don't think it would it, it I mean, it would work, it's just it would lose some of its appeal for me. Mm. It would then become very cluttered with, you know, 30 things there and I wouldn't be able to see the wood for the trees. So,
0: if you're planning on doing workouts, you know, maybe lifting weights three times a week, instead of, you know, I use Todoist and regular listeners will know that I'm a big fan of Todoist. I would put, I don't know, workout Monday, Wednesday, Friday as recurring tasks that just keep going. You'd be able to add the same thing to the moleskin balance, but you'd maybe pitch it a slightly different way and say, I want to do three workouts this week. So instead of going from an absolute discipline of you always work out the same day, you might miss a day, but still hit you three a week. Is that kind of how it works?
1: Yeah, exactly so. And you can set it up either way, which is really nice. So I've been messing around setting things up differently. Do I want to write three times a week or do I want to write on these three days? Um, You can set them up for mornings or evenings and you can set them up with uh, alerts or alarms to remind you to do it at a certain time. So from that point of view, you can kind of dial up or down the uh, nagging factor to help you stay on target. But it's really nice getting to the end of the day and going, oh, actually, I did those three things. Um, or I did those eight things, which are the things that I set out to do today. I, it, it has a place. I haven't quite got it dialed in right, but it's definitely useful enough for me to have paid for. So, yeah, I've been really, really enjoying it.
0: That's nice. I'm thinking it. as well, though, it's sort of almost... Covers a lot of the stuff that certainly when we were working together a few years back, um, you were still big on bullet journaling, which you still yes. are. And um, does it replace some of the the sort of activities that you might put into a bullet journal?
1: It does, and that's where the "What has happened to us" comes in. So I have been uh, I'm I'm horrified to say this out loud, questioning my dedication to my bullet journal. So oh. much as I love, I know. Much as I love the stickies and the washies, uh, washies and the, the coloured inks and all the rest of it, the practicality of the bullet journal has become much more of an artistic endeavour than it ever used to be, Rob. You'll remember that it was a very functional thing. Limited colour, because I do work very well with colour, my brain remembers stuff, but I, yeah, it's become a, it's become a moving to-do list. Um, and I divide the pages up now, instead of just a to do list for bullet journaling, and then a, you, you would have what's called a spread for I'm going on holiday, or I'm going to do this workshop, or I'm going to do, I tend not to do that so much. Now I take my pages, I have my to do list on one side. And I have the set meetings that I have every week. So here's the one for the board. This is the one for my team. This is the one that so that I can capture stuff as I go along to remember to when I'm building that particular or doing the prep work for that particular meeting here are the things that I've picked up during the way so it's useful but it's really not what it was it's different and moleskin imbalance has come in to help me with definitely my personal life side much more than my bullet journal because I don't use my bullet journal for my personal stuff so much anymore very interesting change being permanently remote means that I get up out of my study and leave at the end of the day and I do not take my bullet journal with me so therefore, mm. everything I've written down to do leaves my head the minute I step out of my study door and I don't remember till the next day and I go, damn, I didn't do that. <laughs> I was intending awesome. to do that. So yeah.
0: so you're essentially using the, the bullet journaling for work purposes, I really.
1: I know, exactly. And now skin balance seems to be sliding in and starting to fill that space for the stuff I want to do for home. My to-do list for home is way shorter than my to-do list for work. And it helps me certainly with lots and lots of that to do list is repetitive uh, tasks or repeatable tasks, and and I it's I think the really curious thing is it works better than the paper to do lists that uh, that I would normally have used, and that's what's happened to me, Rob. What has happened?
0: Wow! You heard it here first, listeners. That was a. Uh... You know, bullet journaling. Um, well, you're still using it. You're still using it for work. And I think that's it. When, when you start to investigate a digital tool for potentially efficiency reasons, that's generally what I look at them for is can I become more efficient and effective? Um, you sometimes have to find a place for it, don't you? And sometimes the only way to find a place for it is to use it for a while and see how it fits into your life. Is that kind of what you did with Balance? It
1: absolutely was. I was like, I have no idea how this is going to work because I don't need it. There's nothing in it that I need. But what I've found is, and this is critical, right, for efficiency, is it does stuff that I need to do better than the way that I was currently doing it. Yeah. And ultimately, that's got to be the acid test. And until it stops being the case, and let's be honest, everything is always changing. It's definitely uh, working nicely for me.
0: Nice. Nice. You see, I, I've been <clears throat> trying a few different uh, personal knowledge management system tools and I realized, I actually caught a video, and maybe if I can find the video, I'll stick it in the show notes, of a guy talking about every one of them is great. You know, you use Obsidian, which I know you've uh, tried to use. There's Rome. there's Evernote, there's, you know, you name it, and yeah. there's pa- yeah, paper Notion's and pen.
1: one, yeah.
0: Absolutely, Notion's another one. And, um, it was a great video because it highlighted exactly what is wrong with me at the moment. I don't quite know why is that I'm spending more time fiddling with the system than I am actually learning the stuff going through it and becoming better because of it. Wow. And so I have simplified, I've paired back massively and we'll maybe talk a little bit about that when we get to the remarkable section of this, um, because I was just spending so long procrastinating by exploring tools, pretending that I thought that was a good use of my time. That kind of like, if I can just find the right balance of tools, I'll be super productive. And then I spend three weeks looking at tools, and I've done nothing. (laughs) And it's this trap that I keep falling into. But I do think there is an element of trying out various tools for a period of time and seeing how they fit in your ecosystem, so to speak. But the one tool that I downloaded and tried for about 10 minutes and then removed it was Obsidian. Really? How are you getting on with yours?
1: Well, it's funny you should ask. My Obsidian experiment hasn't blossomed quite as I had hoped. So I really like Obsidian, but I can't find how to make it work for me at the moment. So I can feel the potentiality in the same way as you do with a brand new notebook before you, you know, before we sully it with our, our writing. Um, I can feel the potentiality of it, but I can't make it work for me at the moment. So I'm going to, I, I, I did, I ran three experiments. That was the third one. And I, I'm going to keep going with that and see if I get any more before I report in formally with a, a decision on it. Um, cause I, don't, I just, I can't, it's pretty and it's calming and it feels really like it kind of pulls me in to want to use it, but I can't make it give back the same effort as I put in. And that's kind of fundamental, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I installed it. I watched a few videos and I thought, wow, this looks great. And then I I use it. I just, I just did not resonate with it at all. Um, There's another tool that I explored called the brain, which is brilliant. Uh, Very, very cool tool. I used it about 10 years ago when it was first out and it's, it's basically like a glorified connected mind map. So you just drag elements and and it just, so, you, you know, you kind of search for, I don't know, bullet journal, whatever. And everything that's connected to that thought um, comes back in this sort of networked mind map, very much like the Obsidian map that you can produce. Yeah. Um, but the interface is literally it's a mind map. So you just drag a node down, type what you want. You can add documents. It is so good. But it's oh. very, very expensive, and I I couldn't justify the something like three hundred dollars. I think it is to buy the product itself, and then there's a hundred and sixty odd dollars a year. I think it is. Wow. To pay for the synchronisation, so you can look at it online, and you know it's not just on your computer. It is so good, and when you look at there's there's a famous one called Jerry's Brain uh, about a data scientist. I think he is. Forgive me if I've got that title wrong. And it's his brain from years and years and years of just collecting stuff, you know, his thoughts, his ideas, stuff he's interested in. And it's fascinating to walk around the brain and, and it is so good, but it's so expensive. And I just I'm trying to cut back. And so, yeah. you know, when you find this tool, you're like, that's it, that's the tool. You look at the price and it's like, that's not the tool. <laughs> move on. That
1: is the tool. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's move on, move on. Um, speaking of which, um, Sticker journaling, let's get back to something analog and stationary. You've been, I'm assuming it's analog and stationary, you've been doing a sticker journaling exercise.
1: So I had this theory that I wonder if my mood and energy levels would change based on the activities that I did. So if I ate well, for example, if I worked out, if I uh, did something else physical, if I I can't remember what other things I had. Now um, there were lots of things that I that, that I tried. Um, if I I said if I ate well, if I wrote, for example, if I worked out in the garden, did any of that tie in with the days I had a good day? You know, a really good day. Um, so I thought I would do it. So I set it up for four weeks. I thought I needed a reasonable amount of time. And I had a whole load of stickers, so one to rate my energy level, one to say the kind of level of my, how nutritionally sound my food choices were that week or that day, Um, how much exercise and whether it was a proper workout or whether it was just I did something really quite physical that day, whether I did gardening, whether I wrote, whatever. And then at the end of the day, I had a, a kind of Amazon... Five star, out of five stars, how many stars would you give this day? Rate the day, effectively. Um, and I wondered if really good days or really bad days were tied in with, you know, doing really great things or eating really badly or whatever it would be. And do you want to know what I learned Rob? Go for it. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it is really pretty. And there was a lot of stickerage, which is, uh, there was a certain uh joy to little stickers uh tiny little stickers all over the place but honest to god absolutely nothing no insights whatsoever done that not doing that again
0: that surprises me though because um i mean i know well i guess anecdotally that you know say for example if i even have one or two beers in an evening the following day i know i've had one or two beers um you just feel groggy you just feel a bit uh, like you haven't quite slept I don't sleep very well anyway as as you know yeah. but um if I have five or six beers then I absolutely know in the following day I'm utterly miserable hence I've tried to cut back on drinking which is you know for those that know me uh, you know remarkable um but I do know that if you do exercise I feel better so anecdotally I feel there's a connection between mood and energy etc and some of those categories that you've you've listed there. So I'm very surprised you did not see a causation or a correlation between those things.
1: Yep. (laughs) So was I. I absolutely was because I know I feel better when I work out. And here's the critical thing, Rob, was maybe I was tracking the wrong thing. I didn't track my alcohol intake because I almost don't drink at all. So a glass of wine or not is not going to make enough difference. Workouts should but so many other things can feed into that if I work out and then I eat rubbish I'm not going to feel great so at the end of the day my how do I feel the day went? you know the other thing is is maybe I'm balancing up too many things it's a very subjective measure is rate the day because I may have done everything really really great had some really awful news that day and it was Mm. day, and that was nothing to do with what I did so I'm not sure that the process that I went uncovered the things that I was hoping it would uncover. So I'm, it, yeah, I learned nothing. Rob.
0: That's interesting. I mean, you know, we've done an episode on journaling before. I'm a huge fan of journaling Yeah. and journaling in a sense is reviewing many of the things that you've, you've categorized, you know, yeah. did you work out? How'd you feel? You know, what kind of difficult things are you work through, whatever, what's going well. I feel that by journaling, you're obviously putting the day up for review. You know, you, yeah. you, questioning it i wonder whether that activity itself of putting the day up for review um i don't know leans you more towards well i guess being a bit more critical and doubtful of some of the data that you've gathered do you think there's a sort of fact that you are reflecting on it means that you don't see the differences that you might have seen if you hadn't reflected too much
1: maybe i i mean i'm just looking at it now and i some of the best days i did many more good things if you see what i mean yeah so i had many more wins on the really best days but there were days that i had lots of good wins and it was still not a great day it was very average and i just think maybe i I, my real feeling is is maybe we didn't have enough data points maybe i wasn't measuring the right things um but i found it a really useful exercise All the same, because it made me realize that the, actually, the reason I do those things is not to get a great day. I do those things because I want to do them. So I want to work out and I want to write. I want to go and grow veggies in my garden because those are things I really enjoy doing. It doesn't, I don't do it because I want to have a great day. The great day is independent of whether or not I do the things that I love. And that's quite good too.
0: Hmm interesting it's fascinating i like the idea of that um maybe you you could um list out a sort of almost like a little five-step guide on how to start going about it with you know what stickers you used and we can maybe pop that into the newsletter how does that sound
1: that sounds awesome i could um even fit a little legend in across the top take a photo of it and put on instagram rob you know how i am with instagram i am rubbish um so i could do that
0: well, that sounds awesome. I think you should. And and yeah, maybe if you don't know, follow us on Instagram or at stationary freaks UK, um, maybe we stick that in the newsletter as well. Anyway. Cool. Sounds good. And so. they've, com- they've complicated things as well now with the, uh, the new threads app, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we weren't pretty good at Instagram, let alone threads. So, yeah, uh, yeah good, good look. Well, I bought a remarkable two and, for those that don't know, it's essentially a glorified Etch-a-Sketch. It's um, <laughs> it's a bit like a Kindle, but you can write on it and it's bigger. And it's really only for note-taking. I mean, let's get that out of the way. It's a very, very expensive writing tool. It doesn't do the internet. You can't watch videos on it. There's no color on it. It's black and white. It's It's very, very basic and it's very, very expensive for what it is, for what it is. But I bought one, and I would not have bought one if it didn't have a 100-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't like it, within 100 days, you can pop this thing back to them, and they'll give you a refund. Apparently, no questions asked. There was a moment last week where I was ready to box this thing up and send it back. Because it was a very, very expensive (laughs) etch-a-sketch. But I thought, you know what? I've got a few more days I've got a couple more weeks before I have to send this thing back. So I'll use it, really properly use it day to day. And I am keeping it. This thing, yeah, this thing is, is superb. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I absolutely wanted to hate it, you know, with the, every possible fiber of my body, I wanted to hate this thing because it was not a paper notebook and I didn't have nice pens you know, and we're stationary freaks. I love the feel of pen yeah. and paper. I'm writing the notes for this podcast on graph paper with a with a nice pen. But the remarkable, I bought it mostly because I was carrying at any given time anywhere between five to seven notebooks around with me. Because got work one, got a journal, got a doodling okay. one, got one that I scribble learning notes in, basically that aren't neat and tidy. So I just want a little scrapbook got a little pocket notebook, I've got all of these different things. And it was frustrating me that the thing that I wanted to find, you know, maybe there's a a lyric for a song that I'm writing, wasn't in the notebook it should have been in. It was in the work one because that's the one I had with me at the time. And it was going nuts. It was just like, oh. So I thought, let's get the Remarkable. Let's try it. The review seemed broadly positive. A few people have sent them back. (laughs) Some people swear by them. So it's one of those sort of love-hate and it is so good. Do you want me to go through some? In fact, before I go through some of the things that I use it for and why I like it, and there's some stuff that I really don't like. Yeah. What's your thoughts so far on I, this kind of device?
1: I am a standard. Now, I I say I'm a standard. I'm a standard that you like it. I am aware because I've looked into this. So I have um, an iPad. You'll know I'm an Apple girl. I have an iPad. And one of the things that I really hate about using an iPad with the pen that Mm. comes with it is that, or the pencil as it's called, um, is that feeling that it doesn't feel in any way like a a notepad and paper. And I know you can get these screen covers that make uh, a massive Mm. difference. So it's like a screen protector on the iPad, and it makes there's enough drag that it makes it feel like the pencil is actually a real pencil touching, touching real paper. And that absolutely appeals to me um so I am imagining the remarkable feels like that which would get over that issue of I don't know not moving you know not moving anywhere that that, it's all slidy too slidey is my worry too slidey yeah what about you've got no cover for it Rob how can I mean I all my notebooks have different colored covers so that I have a mental connection when I'm picking them up. I'm, I'm writing okay, song lyrics. I need the pink one, you know, whatever it would be.
0: Yeah, there, there is that. Um, so maybe we could talk about a, a little bit about how the structure inside it works. Um, I did buy a very nice case for it, not a remarkable one because they were very expensive. Just got one off Amazon for about eight quid. And uh, it's very good, very nice. I like it. And it holds the pen, which some of the others don't. It's just magnetic oh. on the side. But let's get one thing out of the way. This is not the same as writing on paper. Despite what anyone might say, you know you're writing on a screen and you know you're using a pen that is essentially a stylus. However, it's not that far away. And the different pens that come with it, there's different pens you can choose. You can highlight, you know, fountain pens, uh, ballpoint pen, pencils. They're really good and they're different and they apply, you know, the pressure applies and you can turn them at an angle to do shading and stuff. It's quite good. It's not the same as pen and paper. There's no being able to pick up a notebook and flick through it and find stuff. There's no sort of tactileness about it. That's okay. a bit that I really do miss. However, within it, on each of the notebooks that I've got, I've drawn my own front cover and set it so that that's the front cover of the notebook. So when you're looking at the main screen, my images or doodles on the front cover are the ones that show. So it's not the same as saying the pink one's for this, but I can look at it and go, I want that one, and then add notes to it. The power is you can just create a quick sheet right on it and then move that to the notebook of choice as well. So that is a great thing for me. However, it is very expensive. I have to keep coming back to that. It is a single-use device, but that's why I like it as well. So there's no distractions. I don't get tempted to check, LinkedIn or Instagram, I don't get tempted to draw or go on the internet or waste my time playing a game. It's literally just for note taking.
1: So Rob, what is it that you like about the remark? What are the pros of it? Why would I buy one?
0: Why would you buy one? Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk about how I use it um, because I have a very specific, I guess, process that I'm, that I'm looking for. So, but here are some, here are some of the prom, uh, the, the pros. here are some of the pros of it. The different selections of pens are actually quite good. I quite like them. Um, There's like a thing I've talked about, the ballpoint, mechanical pencil. They they serve a slightly different function. They operate in a different way, and you can get some really nice-looking text or or writing on it. There's sort of like an infinite scroll. You can just keep scrolling down the page and make infinite notes. So you end up with one giant PDF at the end, so you just need to be a bit careful. Um, So you need to sort of create a new page rather than just keep writing. But it is good to have a lot of freedom on that space. The big piece for me, and the one that I really use, is converting my handwriting to text. So once you've written it, you can hit a little button, and basically what it does is it turns it into text, into things that you can email to yourself, you know, you can copy and paste when you're back on your computer, etc. That, to me, is fundamentally the game changer. It's not brilliant. There's a lot of mistakes. It has some problems at working out some of my handwriting, as you would imagine, because I'm oh, quite squally.
1: I've seen your handwriting, Rob. by yeah. if, if it can translate that, it's doing really well.
0: It's pretty bad, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's doing it's doing alright, but once you've got those notes, you can basically email them to yourself. Good thing is, it synchronizes with Google Drive and Dropbox, so again, I can get stuff into there quite straightforward. There's a desktop app where all of the notes that you've got on your Remarkable are on your desktop, so you can download them, and that to me is key. So let me piece out why two of the big reasons why I wanted to do this. One is I like writing blog posts, fiction, you name it, by hand. I really enjoy writing by hand. But then you have to transcribe it all and put it into a system, whereas here I can just hit the convert to text and it converts it for me. So I've actually got what I've written in digital form, essentially. So that's really powerful for me. Yeah. The other thing is I'm using something called Zotero, which is a basically a citation reference management tool, as my personal knowledge management system. So what I can do is I can read a book or read an article or whatever, scribble some notes, then convert them to text, ship them off into Zotero, and that's now searchable. So when I'm searching for things that I wrote, it can find it because it's now text and not scrawly handwriting. So there's a lot of pros there. The downsides. Yeah. There's always downsides. It's they expensive. Are. I think I've mentioned that a few <laughs> times.
1: How much was it? I can't remember.
0: I think in total, by the time you add the pen and you add the folio for it, it's about £400. Wow. So, yeah, it's very expensive. And it is essentially a single-use device. Let's make that clear. This is not a you know games machine or anything else. You just literally make notes on it. The search on it is pretty rubbish. So trying to find stuff is tricky. Um, the folder structure is a bit archaic, but it kind of works for me. Um, some people have said the battery life will give you three, four weeks. I'm finding I get about a week if that, so okay. that's not quite as good as I was expecting. But the folder structure of being able to have an idea that might be related to work and not have to go down to the studio or up to the office and what have you, just open up the Remarkable, find the folder, write your note, or just add it as a quick note and then move it around, that to me has been monumental i'm i'm really enjoying it it's really sad and i really want to hate this thing because i want my old notebooks back but at the same time i don't want all seven of them
1: yeah i can still feel myself recoiling from the idea of of getting one or i i tactile that that pen and paper business is quite difficult i mean although and rob this is the thing that made us sort of talk about this in the first place I'm on a I've just started a writing course and I find that the exercises during the writing course itself I do paper and pen but the minute I have to come and create something I am turning to digital stuff and I wonder if that remarkable is is that I mean you're using it not for creating though are you you're using it for the glue that holds everything that you know together joining it up and finding it again
0: yeah, to, to some extent, although I wrote a, a blog post, I had an idea for a blog post over on, on one of my other channels, and they're remarkable for some reason. I don't know whether it's just because it's new or whether it's because it's different, but I actually, I really want to write. You know, I actually want to pick it up and write, so yeah. there's no backlight on it. I can use it late at night without affecting sleep. I can just sit there and doodle anything that I want, draw, whatever. And I found myself literally longhand writing out a blog post. And it was pretty good. You know, when you have those ideas and you, you just don't have a notebook or you you write them down and then you come to transcribe it and you edit it too much and, and there's all sorts of stuff that goes on. Well, with this, I actually literally just wrote the blog post, converted it to text, emailed it to myself, and in the morning literally took that text, tidied it up a bit, because the, you know, the, the reading scanning thing isn't isn't amazing, and put it into a blog post and it was there written for me. And I'd written that longhand, which is what I really enjoy doing. Yeah. But I don't do it very often because I then have to go through it and then type it all up. And to your point, when I'm producing something, so if I'm writing something that's not on the Remarkable, I will, I will type it generally, even though I really want to write it. And so the Remarkable has bridged that gap and it's completely distraction free. You know, it's all there, it's synchronized to the cloud and get to it on any computer that I've got. It, it is serving that function in the middle. Like you say, that, you know, when you were trying to find a space for your moleskin balance, <laughs> I think I found my space.
1: Wow! Well, I mean, that's really great, isn't it? That that it's fulfilling. It's not. It's adding to your life. So it's yes, not bringing a need that you have. It is bringing more joy in that you didn't know you were missing. That's good, right? I mean, it is. stationary technically is stationary's evolved a little bit here. Mm. I'm getting one there, Rob. You know. So-
0: I, I, I don't blame you you know and I, I in some respects I wish I hadn't bought one because, <laughs> <laughs> because I would still be going with my paper you know I'm a big fan of yellow legal pads and all that and and there's part of me this sentimental old man of me which is one day I'd love my kids to discover all of the notes because there's yeah. some there's some really good stuff about you know becoming a better business leader and, and stuff that boring stuff but also loads of creative ideas that I'll never get around to making and it's almost like a snapshot into my life really and there's something nostalgic about finding all those notebooks and sort of, you know, flicking through them. It's a very different experience on a digital tool. I mean, they'll last forever in the cloud, yeah. but you know, well, hopefully they will, um, but it's different. And so there is part of me that the pines for that paper and what have you, but then when I sit down and use it and the, just the friction required afterwards to get it to where I need it to get to the remarkable's just filled that gap. So yeah, I wish I hadn't bought it because that gap would still be there and I'd still be working through it just like everyone else for, for decades. But I don't have to now and that's why I'm struggling <laughs> struggling to send it back.
1: <laughs> Excellent marketing tool there. All right. So have you got anything else to add for this week? What other last bits and pieces shall we do before we sign off?
0: You know, I think um, I'm still analogue, still stationary freak. I've still oh, yeah. got notepads. I'm still making notes about this podcast on on some paper. I've still got a little paper journal and I still use yellow legal pads to draw stuff. And yeah. I'm still sketching in notebooks. So yeah, don't, you know, audience think that, you know, again, we're going to be doing a podcast about stationary that's all digital, far from it. Um, but we just wanted to share, I think, that sort of blending of worlds and utilizing tech when tech makes sense. Um, but utilising old-school feel and pen and paper when that makes sense as well.
1: Yeah, I think it's about making sure that we're productive. I mean, that's the whole point of the whole Stationery Freaks podcast, isn't yeah. it? Being more productive with stationery.
0: Yeah, productive, effective, creative. creative. Yeah, Unleashing your potential. <laughs> Absolutely. Anything else from yourself then, Helen?
1: No, nope, that's everything from me this week.
0: Awesome. And we have been promising for a while, haven't we, to send a newsletter out. And we did. One went out last week. If you haven't seen it already, head to stationaryfreaks.com and you will find a link to our Substack newsletter where you can subscribe. We're aiming for one a month-ish,
1: Yeah. hopefully.
0: Let's see. But that's one. It's gone out. We said we would. We did. (laughs) Eventually. Yeah, now we just need those pictures of your uh, sticker journal on Instagram at some point.
1: Well, yeah, maybe we'll put them in the next newsletter so that they're they're, uh, (laughs) suitably rare.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good, sounds good. It's a very exclusive newsletter, isn't it? Randomly monthly.
1: (laughs) It is, it is. All right.
0: With that, thank you so much for listening. Um, We do appreciate it. We do look at the stats every time just before we record and we're always staggered and amazed and, and very grateful for our listeners. So thank you so much. We do appreciate that. And um, you want to find us? We're on Stationery Freaks UK on Instagram. StationeryFreaks.com is the web address. That's it from myself, Rob, and, and me, Helen. Speak to you in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye bye.